Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Local History Matters, which is a podcast run by the British Association for Local History. Today we're going to be talking about educating the next generation on local history, so that's including schools, groups with young people and other different communities that local historians are already interacting with across the country. Joining me today is Claire Diamond-Mills, who's an experienced genealogist and local historian who's passionate about rediscovering our ancestors and sharing their stories, lives and achievements with you, their descendants. So thank you so much for joining me today, Claire. And let's get started. So Claire, how did you become interested in local history? Well, I've always been interested in history, did it at school, that kind of thing. But when we moved to Box, I knew that Box was important you know I knew about Brunel and the tunnel but I started to gather interesting facts and bore people about oh did you know Peter Gabriel had his work with music studios in box and things like that and then in 2014 I was wandering around the village and there had been a project where on some of the houses there were these little posters um, with information about the people who'd lived there and what, how they'd served in World War One, a sort of commemoration um, project for the, for the centenary of the First World War. And I was like, oh, that's a really interesting project. And I was, had decided to stay at home with the children rather than go back to work. So I was looking for something to be involved in. And I contacted Alan, who runs Box People and Places, which is our online hist- history um, website, and said, oh, can I... Be involved, you know, how can I be involved? And he said, oh, well, we're always looking for people to write stuff. And I was like, well, I've never, I've never done anything like this before. You know, I, my degree is in chemistry. And he's like, oh, we'll just start chatting to people and see how it goes. So our neighbour at the end of our road owns the only tennis ball factory in the Western world. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let's talk to her and her dad, who was in his 90s, about the factory. And it used to be the candle factory before that producing candles for when they were building the tunnel. And so I went to the archives to see if I could find out more about the factory and was like, wow, this is the coolest place ever. I want to spend time, more time here. And so that's kind of where it started really. Yeah, learning about tennis ball factories and then going to the archives and getting really interested. And then, yeah, learning about more people and places in box and then further afield and kind of yeah that's how it all started really gosh that's so interesting and I think so many of our listeners can relate to that falling down a rabbit hole about a really interesting fact about the local community and my next question to you is in what ways do you think local history is relevant to the national curriculum uh, well, it's actually in the national curriculum. Local history is a is a topic in the history part of the national curriculum, which I didn't I didn't know until obviously my children started school. So in key stage one, which is the first couple of years, they start learning about past and present, and they have to look at a significant person or place. So for us here in Box no surprises that's obviously Brunel, but it could be you know if you were near a battlefield or a castle, it could be anything that's significant to your locality and then in the key stage two bit they do thing they do topics like the saxons the romans the vikings and the stone age so if you're lucky enough to be relevant you know so we've got a roman villa here in box for example and we're near the foss way near bath 
obviously massive big Roman city, uh, then you could link with there. But they, the, but then as a separate topic, you have to do a local history study um, in one of your years. And that's really up to the teachers in what they want to do. So in, in Box, they learn, a, their sort of big overarching question is, how did the railways transform Box? Because obviously we were a rural kind of nothing sort of quarrying village and then Brunel turns up and we're massively transformed. So that's the national curriculum works. But um, in that kind of second key stage two bit, it's not just about learning facts. It's also about historical inquiry. So where you're looking at evidence, um, you're looking at documents and then trying to start the, the children thinking about how do you then come up with theories about what might have happened. So, um, for example, we looked at the 1841 census about um, who, who was living here. And of course, we're overrun with navvies in the 1841 census, um, building the tunnel and the railway. So then we can talk about, oh, well, you know, where were they living and where did they come from? And why were they, you know, who, what sort of people were they and how would that have affected you know, people who were living here at the time. So it's getting them to start that historical inquiry that's in the national curriculum. But in addition to that, I've just been asked to do a walk for a school who are having a celebrate Halavington village week. They're just celebrating their village. And so the teacher said, could you come and do something about the history of the village? Um, and another school's contacted me to say they're having their 50th anniversary of their school. Can you come and talk about schooling in the village before our school was built so you know it's not not just in the national curriculum where you can link with schools there are other aspects um as well but yeah it's a significant part in the national curriculum uh, which is good because it makes it easy for us to then slip in and and work with schools absolutely and i didn't realize just how integral it was to the national curriculum so that's really interesting as well yeah no nor, nor did i until i started looking at it um, i just thought you know they'll do the victorians and i'll come and talk about some victorians i didn't realize that it was a whole a whole topic goodness that's amazing and it's so lovely that that's something that's come about through um i can imagine initially starting off like you said with your daughters and going to to the schools that they were at and then sort of expanding through that network of educators and teachers and things and i just wanted to ask um how have you found educators uh, engaging with local history both in terms of teaching and i know that you've previously done a lot of work uh, teaching people how to teach uh, various aspects of things <laughs> Yeah, yes, exactly. Training, training people to go into schools. So really interested. So a lot of teachers don't live in the place that they teach for obvious reasons, because you don't want to be popping to McColl's in your pajamas and seeing, you know, three of your class that you teach as you, as you wander in. That, but that then means they don't know anything about the place that they're then having to teach. So if you turn up and say, or, you know, or in my case, they pay me to come and do it for them essentially and I uh, did a little I was went into a school in Corsham last week and took them on a little trip round the high street history of Corsham and the teachers were just as interested as the children they had no idea because they live in in the town but what they're also looking for is they're not looking just for somebody who knows 
stuff. They're looking for somebody who can really engage the children and sort of not keep them under control. But, you know, when you, if you're out and about with a group of children, you need to be able to, you know, the teachers are there for behaviour, but you need to be able to engage them and keep them interested so they don't wander off or start chatting with friends. So a, a lot of what I do is very question orientated. So what can you see? What do you think this is? This is a picture of this building 100 years ago. You know, what was it then? What is it now? Um, you know, how do we take photographs now? How do you think they take photographs back then? We got the fire engine in Corsham used to bang a drum to let every, you know, because there's no Ninos. Uh, so we all banged, you know, pretend to bang a drum as we're learning about fire engine. So it's about, it's about engaging them in their local area, but it's also doing it in a way that the children will find engaging and inspiring and enjoyable so that they because if they're all of those things then they're going to learn more they're going to remember more aren't they so yeah so if you can turn up and you're able to do that then I found that teachers are very receptive definitely and I think that's really interesting as well I'm already thinking back to my own childhood and being very excited about going around museums and making lots of noise so that sounds like a really exciting thing to do and I suppose my next question is, what, why does local history education for the next generation matter? Um, it sounds like you do so many different areas of local history, um, but how does that um, add up into that child's life? Well, I think there's kind of two, two things to it. One is that I believe that everybody, how whatever age, should always be ready to learn. Do you know what I mean? That, that my sister's a teacher and she once said to me that my job is not to teach them stuff. It's about, it's about giving them the skills in order to learn themselves, if that makes sense. I think on the walk that we're doing with local history, on which is what I used to do when I did science workshops, is about giving them the tools to be curious and to learn stuff and to be to to sort of learn to be interested in your your surroundings or whatever it might be so you're giving them the skills and local history is one way that you could do that to make them always curious about the world around them and if you're curious about the world around you then you're going to be more involved in things um, in your community in national events you're going to just be more aware of what's going on so I think it's that skill that you can use local history to really, uh, that you can really help the children sort of utilise. But the other important thing for me is that if we don't inspire the next generation about our historical places, whether that be their local buildings or whether that be the local National Trust property or, you know, whatever it might be, then how are we going to expect that these places to survive? You know, I always get really cross when you go to a national trust party and or, or any kind of historic place and children are being asked to be quiet. No, they need to be inspired to, about the place so that when they're older, they will look at the place and think, yes, this is something I want to support and keep going and be involved in. Otherwise, our historical places will just disappear. So it's important that the next generation is is encouraged to own and love and be engaged in their local historical places for the future of that historical place. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And it's certainly how I got into history as well. So inspiring the next generation of local historians in that sense as well, which is really wonderful. 
Yeah, I mean, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? If if somebody who, or several people who came on one of my tours went, wow, do you know, I'm, I'm really loving this. I would love to be a historian or, yeah, work in a museum or, yeah, something like that um, based on, on things that I don't, that, oh, that would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be so exciting. I feel like that would be a job well done for any local historian, <laughs> bringing people yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> So what are some good ways to get started in encouraging the next generation to look at their local history? Obviously, um, I think the first way is to just go for a wander. I mean, I think that that's what we did quite a lot of in lockdown. And that's where I sort of started these things. But when you go for a wander, you often look at the flowers and the trees. But when I go for a wander, I look at the the buildings and start, you know, looking around and and looking at things that you can... Children are brilliant at spotting things, you know, and, oh, what's that? And then if you see something that interests you, you know, go back when you're at home and have a look online or in a book and see if you can find out more about the thing that you've spotted. So I think just looking eyes open and wandering around but then there are some amazing places you know I absolutely love a local museum love a local museum Um, and you know if you're really lucky most of them will be free um, or or donation you know and the same with our cathedrals and our churches whenever we're on a walk in somewhere we've never been before we always have to go in the church and you know and have a look at the building and the people who live there and you know there's so much around you know and that's not even thinking about the national trust the english heritage you know all the all those sorts of places as well so there's so much to see and do and you know we're always taking the girls on a trip and going somewhere exciting but it's about isn't it it's about keeping your eyes open and then looking and seeing things that interest you and then going to find out more and encouraging young people to do that yes definitely i couldn't agree more with that and i'm sure some of our listeners are nodding along to that statement as well and sort of touching on some of your earlier answers um what are the benefits of that local history education do you think so I think 